This episode of Tech Kamasala is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Enter the coupon code POD124 to get 10% off on all hosting plans. Go to GoDaddy.TheIndicast.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Tech Masala, a technology podcast with an Indian perspective. This is episode number 24 for October 4th, Chrome Pleated Explorer. I'm your host Aditya and along with me, I have uh, Sakit. Hi guys. Yes, we are back uh, after a couple of weeks off. Uh, in the meantime, we have uh, launched a brand new look of our uh, website, theintercast.com. Use Joomla, Aditya, or have you shifted the platform? We we initially were using Joomla, but we uh, decided to migrate to WordPress. Joomla has served us well. Okay, I'm not going to trash it or anything. Joomla is a good content management system, but SEO-wise, I was finding WordPress getting a lot more exposure than Joomla. Uh, but now that I have moved to WordPress, I I find a few features missing which are built into Joomla. For example, WordPress is 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 a publishing tool, right? And it's not have it's not a CMS content management. It's not a CMS. It's a blog tool. I should have looked at Drupal instead. In fact, I guess uh, that is very extensible as a platform. But if WordPress is working for you, then nothing uh, to worry about. Well, so far it it has, and the, I I did check out Drupal, but uh, the problem was finding good templates for it. Uh, there are a lot lot more uh, templates available for Joomla than Drupal. And the only feature that I miss in WordPress is uh, not having the membership part of it. Uh, you know, restricting content to members only, etc. But even that is available, but not user-friendly enough. No. Uh, but uh, let's see, we'll get around that somehow. So if you haven't checked out theindicas.com in, re- in the recent time, please go on and check it out and let me know if you like uh, what you see there. In the meantime, let's get to our first topic, shall we? Yeah. The Intelligence Bureau is asking the DOT, which is the Department of Telecom, to ban VOIP in India. Uh, this is big. This is big. I mean, uh, this is in fact uh, the uh, the front page news on today's uh, Times of India. And I have got trouble understanding what century uh, us people seem to be living in. I mean, with these kind of moves. Yeah. So they are the the Intelligence Bureau is citing security concerns. Uh, because of inability to track the origination of the calls made via internet telephony, which is mandatory for, you know, the, the cell phone carriers or the PSTN, which is, uh, PSTN is POTS, which is uh, plain old telephone system. So that, that's an, that, that is not available in VOIP. So that's why they have a problem with it. Okay. Uh, but, but then again, the Intelligence Bureau has asked Department of telecommunications to block calls until a mechanism has put into place. So if your Skype suddenly stops working tomorrow, it is because of this. Uh, but hasn't anybody talk, th- thought about user convenience like that? How many more things are actually you going to ban? I mean, uh, I mean Skype, you can do voice calls. You can do the same on Google Talk as well. So, I mean, now what is Skype, they haven't thought of anything else. But tomorrow they'll block Google Talk and they'll block Yahoo Messenger because typically all these applications have got a voice functionality. So, does it make sense at all to, I mean, act in such a totalitarian manner? Yeah, I mean, that's true. Plus, you don't forget that there are a lot of medium-sized businesses that are running on VOIP. VOIP is the backbone for them. All these IT services, outsourcing, small companies, you know, I'm not talking about yeah, the big yeah. 
uh, Infosys, but uh, they they use VoIP a lot, and it's going to have a huge impact if this goes through. But it doesn't make sense. But I also understand. You know, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. I understand IB's concern, saying that we need to know where a person is calling from, and uh, I, I I don't know how we can put that into place. But ban- banning it is probably is not the the way out okay because people are going to find a way out they're probably going to use proxies or something like that to have make that happen and i'm quite curious how the how the us has implemented this though because uh, i'm sure for them this is also a concern yeah and and uh, don't forget that you know uh, the the trai which is a telecom regulatory authority of india is which is different from the department of telecommunication has been recommending that internet telephony has to have unrestricted uh, usage in india because till now uh, the dot hasn't allowed voip calls to terminate on telephone lines you know landlines and mobiles yeah yeah that's the pstn network yeah maybe. that's the pstn so the all these things have still haven't happened but another interesting thing is that what do you call all these old telephony systems they are getting into offering voip themselves you know it's like the like the mtnl service that is available uh sifi provide pigeon pigeon i think it is yeah pigeon which is such a bad name for a voip service don't you think so pigeon i mean what are you talking about yeah yeah pigeon sounds retrograde i mean pigeon yeah, exactly. is what people used to do in the 16th century probably that is what the service is like <laughs> all these services might be in problem if you know things go ahead on on ib's uh, recommendation but this is only recommendations all right so no need to panic as yet is it saket what is your guess yeah, i guess uh, let's hope for the best i don't think uh, uh, this will actually go through i mean i seriously hope there is some sanity somewhere i mean now that uh, we have got more young people in the government i mean there might be people who have sense and who might be able to see through this and work <laughs> out some other solution but Let's talk about a good uh, story this time. MTNL 3G is going to be bundled along with Dell laptops. Uh, that is good. I mean, 3G penetration in India has been dismal. I mean, MTNL has launched that. 3G officially, I guess, a while ago. I mean, it has been three months, four yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, more than that. Yeah. But I don't see anybody going for the 3G service. I mean, so I guess they need to to do to do this to actually bundle 3G with uh, uh, a network or or a laptop. I mean, this is similar to Nokia's booklet 3G, which which we talked about in the last episode. Yes. How Nokia is also bundling a SIM card along with the network and making it like a portable internet device. That is the direction MTNL is going to trying to take. And I think they are starting with uh, Dell laptops, and it, this will be initially available with their uh, uh, Dell Inspiron mini netbook, which is like a 10-incher. Yeah, and uh, it will only be available in Mumbai and Delhi to begin with. And you just mentioned about the 3G numbers, and nobody, you, you not coming across anybody using 3G. MTNL came out with their numbers, and you'll be probably surprised. There are only 200 to 300 3G subscribers for MTNL, and only two to three thousand subscribers for BSNL across 24 cities across India where they have 3G. because they have to get it right you know in when when you sell 3g it's also about selling applications which go with it yeah. which kind of make 3g an important i mean an, an interesting proposition what they're trying to do here is just selling a connection and uh, the users don't really know what to do with it so they for them 3g is just jargon i mean unless you come out with some interesting application like maybe uh, augmented reality or some real time traffic or many things you know i mean right. it is then when 3g will actually become meaningful Yeah, and plus, and you are really one of those uh, internet holics or something like that. 
now is the best time to get a 3G connection from MTNL because you know nobody is using so all that network is available to you is being used by only 200 to 300 people how awesome will the speeds be I, I thought about getting an MTNL connection but then I realized my phone doesn't support it and, and that is another another problem because Apple has managed to only sell about 4,000 less than 4,000 3G iPhones in India and if you talk about Nokia, N96 number stands at less than 1,000. And now these are the phones that support 3G. So, you know. I've got a prediction to make. I think the 3G auction for the general public, I mean, by the general public, I mean uh, private operators like Vodafone or uh, Airtel. I mean, that has not taken place. But when it takes place, I mean, I can put all my money on the fact that their 3G numbers are going, are going to outsell MTNL by miles. Oh, yeah. On the first day. Yeah, I think so. I think. So. Yeah, but but keep in mind that probably the biggest segment that that will subscribe to the 3G services because all the BlackBerry guys and yeah. all those people. Now, where are these people? Who are these people using? They are using Airtel's and Vodafone. They are not on MTNL. Having said that, I am excited. Let's see what happens. But also to give you an update, the 3G auction has again been postponed. And there were some rumors about it happening and not happening. So let's keep our fingers crossed. And by no, the they time, said end of the year, didn't they? I mean, uh, that, that they will definitely have it by the end of the year. Yeah, but they, they always see that end of the year again, there'll be vacation time or the winter session will be going on or something. So let's see, let's, you know, let's see what happens. Anyways, but let's move on to the next topic. And this is probably, this is a service that will probably push the 3G story that we were talking about. Hangama.com has uh, is now offering drm free audio and video downloads for only rupees 10 uh, rupees 10 seems to be reasonable don't you think oh i would buy i would buy songs you know if they if they offer me uh, consistent quality uh, 10 10 rupees doesn't sound a lot you know is not it's a lot cheap, cheaper than itunes any day i mean i'm oh, not a bollywood listener but i think i applaud this step i mean yeah, on iTunes, songs are mostly for 99 cents or they have a few which are for 69, but mostly 99 and that comes to around 50. Now, this is one fifth. Okay, so they are planning on selling it at 20 cents to put it in dollar terms for our listeners in the US. Cheap. I mean, come on, it can't get as and plus songs have a repeat value, right? You listen to a songs yeah. like what 100 times throughout the life of it. So 10 rupees is not a lot, you know, please. It's, it's a, now. If the service is good, I haven't tried it out. Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. To put this in perspective, Aditya, I mean, music download is not something new in India. I mean, only a couple of episodes back, we talked about Nokia's music portal where uh, you can buy mu uh, music off the Nokia store. And then again, we talked about, uh, again, Fangama launching a music download service with BSNL. What differentiates this offering from the rest is uh, this is a free-to-all music download service. I mean, you don't need to be on a specific cell phone operator for this. It's just a website. You go to Hangama.com. You buy music you pay with your credit card and you're out so that is the good thing and also the payment options are huge I mean you can pay through credit card you can pay through debit card they've tied up with many banks so that you can actually pay through your internet banking and then also they're also, also trying, uh, tying up with operators like MCheck so that you can even purchase songs on the go on your mobile phone oh that'll be awesome now you know the, now the whole thing now, now the secret, the secret sauce in this service is good is or how easy is the experience of purchasing one song because that is what iTunes provided, right? A single click, just buy option and done. And it gets onto your computer automatically and then you can use it. It is DRM protected, but it is easy. 
and that well, is i kind of disagree there aditya because i think itunes what did what it did what you you had a completely new player you had within that you had an ecosystem where you could download songs so you were typically stuck with itunes now what hangama has done is that they are not coming out with any hangama player and thank god for that because i'm sure they'll make they'll like bosh it up like nobody's business <laughs> what they're doing is they are uh, like using window windows media drm services so you go on the site and you download wma files clean and simple do whatever you want to do with them i mean if you pay them individually then you can buy undrm files and there is also another service where you pay 99 rupees a month and you can download unlimited files and they'll keep playing as long as the service as your uh, subscription lasts oh so that they have an in per item and a subscription service yes and you said they are all in wmv or wma yeah they are all wma unfortunately ah uh, so no no chance for mac users to try it out unless they you know they want to play it with itunes or something like that i don't know some converter i guess uh, some converter so you uh, so what do you, what do you think why why do you think they went with wma and not mp3 which is like you know plays on any cell phone so which i don't understand this decision so i don't get it no the thing is that mp3 by default doesn't have any drm built into it right wma is a format which is available on drm as well as drm so when itunes sell you sells you uh, songs they don't sell you mp3s per se i mean they sell you a special drm aac or i don't know they say sell you like an m4a but there is some inbuilt drm in the format itself right uh, whereas uh, yeah but, but don't you th- don't you think they could they could have if it is on drm which is the per item thing they could have offered an mp3 version as well and all for all we know they might be doing that right now okay just just developing that whole thing and i hope that happens you know that will just that will just help them uh, push adoption and i have been asking for this service i i have been saying that i'm ready to pay for a song just give me a service so this seems to be it but let's see if it really is now they have tied up with all bollywood content providers so most of the songs will be available yeah they came to provide like a library of over 100000 songs and uh, 20000 videos and i'm sure that's quite a lot yeah and it's high time that this service uh, you know had this service should have come out long time back but i'm glad that it has finally now so no no complaints there well let's move on and let's talk uh, about uh, google's next attempt on making web a more social place they are coming out with a product called sidewiki uh, which is you know one of those google projects which has originated from labs etc now it's basically a firefox and an internet explorer add on uh, obviously chrome also supports it and it's going to add a sidebar for commenting on websites across the web no matter what website you are using no matter if the website has a commenting application on it or not google went on the social bandwagon a while ago with it, it all started with something called search wiki so where you had users commenting on the search results inside the search engine itself and again an algorithm being used to rank and grade these yeah. search results so this is more of an extension of that i mean in between they had this uh, they have these google reader features now where you can comment on any rss feed item inside yeah. google reader you can like it you can do things like that so clearly there is a social direction to google's uh, offerings and what this does is that i mean it gives every web page a special comment section i mean which is uh, which basically is not tied to the website itself yeah but i don't i don't understand what happens to those comments once the site is not there anymore or what happens if uh, you know the content changes or the or the website completely changes its direction do the comments stay with you as legacy for that website 
or what happens you know and this is quite controversial in that it's not something new there have been other services like there is annotate there is shift space there is something called reframe it a lot of these are web annotation services side wiki is essentially that and i mean this is not just uh, uh, about uh, browser based annotation i mean across the web there has been this concern about comment hijacking i mean uh, with respect to whatever it may be i mean like if you look at friend feed uh, you you might plug your blog uh, rss into your friend feed and people might post comments there on friend feed instead of actually coming back to your blog to post them so ineffectively they are basically distorting the conversation and taking it to, to various avenues so again in the case of side wiki uh, you have a site and then there is somebody posting comments on your on your site in google side wiki you have have got no way yourself to moderate that content yeah. and you basically up to the mercy of google which is some people are saying this is like a land grab yeah exactly i i'm i'm somewhat uncomfortable with this whole concept a little bit un you know and and plus but what google is doing and how they are going to differentiate from these other companies is that google being google they are going to put an algorithm behind it you know let let uh, artificial intelligence take care of it now they say and i'm sure they'll also use that algorithm to enhance page ranks and basically uh, these comments inside wiki shall definitely reflect on how a page fares in the google engine itself yeah exactly that might happen very easily now what what they are saying is that usually the comments are ranked from the you know the most recent entries first and then and then going down but inside wiki they are going to use an algorithm which promotes the most useful high quality entries i have no idea how they are going to decide that but let's see what happens they'll use the magic google search you know? <laughs> magic google. but do you use the toolbar oh uh, no not really actually i uh, safari doesn't have a google toolbar itself and uh, then i don't think it adds so much value i mean all i need from google is just search i mean the other stuff is okay i can kind of kind of handle it myself yeah exactly and the search box is already present in firefox or yeah, safari in every browser every yeah browser. in every browser and i always think that these toolbars take up a lot of memory because they make your browser slower i mean very importantly exactly because they are do, each button out there is doing its own thing and going to the net and looking for information i don't want to know what the weather information is i you know i can just look out of the window probably It, it, i don't use it as much so it won't bother me but i'm sure this will take off because i mean it, firstly it is google so even though other services might not have been as successful as this i mean google is bound to get this right and they've also had some validation recently because kutano which is uh, another competitor in this area yeah. i mean kutano has got got the same thing but instead of comments they aggregate tweets about a particular web page oh my so god so what kutano just did is that they added support to google side wiki within their uh, uh, system so i mean now you can even actually access google side wiki comments in the kutano site oh that's a good good uh, website recommendation so if you own a blog you probably should have check it out on kutano and what people are saying about your site well let's and then uh, let's move on to the next one uh, saket and yeah. but it's still google and it's uh, now this time it is trying to play or ya fir microsoft ke sath chhedchhad kar raha hai google with its new chrome plugin for internet explorer which is called the chrome frame yeah the google chrome frame yeah it is it is basically a new browser plugin developed by google to give you a chrome browsing experience inside internet explorer uh, it is available for ie6 to the latest version uh, so you know it it basically turns ie into chrome essentially you ie has got something called activex 
and that is something people have found it about now what google does is that it takes advantage of activex and via activex it actually installs itself as a rendering engine within ai so i mean even though the user interface is exactly like that of ai the rendering engine behind this chrome so automatically you get uh, your standard support and so on so forth and then uh, this is like a direct attack because google is also encouraging developers to use a special meta tag within their web pages and if you use that specific meta tag it will actually invite the user to come and install google frame because uh, ai apparently is not as good enough for the uh, rendering that site yeah and i love the way they put it right the the product manager at uh, google and um, whose his name is mike smith you know uh, like apple probably a half a million americans they, they just put it saying that they simply want to make a more seamless web experience for web users and developers they just sound so good and ambiguous i guess and uh, happy yeah and happy right i mean we are we are not evil sort of in that thing but then what do you really think about this okay if i was microsoft i would be pissed off seriously and and they they are pissed off i mean and they can't do a thing about it because they're using activex which is a microsoft endorsed technology they are not hacking anything huh. they are playing by the book so i mean there isn't anything microsoft can say there actually yeah exactly and and this is isn't isn't this becoming a trend is uh, for example we were the pre and itunes thing palm pre and itunes where palm pre is trying to pass on information to itunes that this is an ipod and not a palm pre and taking and taking advantage of the syncing capabilities whereas probably it should have gone and built its own software and again here google is trying to you know inject into ai and taking over their product i just don't like it is it i don't really know i mean in, i think it is right when it comes to doing this for ai6 because that is one browser all <laughs> web developers have been crying about yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you can't make a web page and have it run in ai without you know breaking your head three times over so maybe like you know i'm not sure a lot of people are actually going to use this because uh, uh, there have been so many javascript code snippets which you can insert in web pages so it detects the person browsing the site is using ai and then you encourage that person to upgrade you know so i mean that is not as effective as google chrome frame because that is getting another browser downloading it installing it running it yeah. okay and then coming back to the same site using uh, that other browser in in this case you are not even installing a browser it's just a plugin that you are installing so it will be more uh, conducive to that idea and and the plugin is is uh, only only about half an mb okay there might be some other chrome related data which is around 10 mb so it's it's not that much of a download either uh, but i'm interested in knowing if uh, if i install chrome what is the plugin called already forgot chrome the name frame. chrome frame okay if i install chrome frame will my browser be reported as i whatever i as an internet explorer or will it be reported as chrome Well, it has to be reported as chrome because uh, that's that's how it works i mean the uh, um, it's only the rendering engine which counts i mean the shell can be anything so you see that might be a good good thing for chrome as well so this might yeah. skew the statistics as well yeah let's and see microsoft is not happy microsoft is definitely not happy i mean they came out with a statement saying that uh, uh, plugins per se are inherently uh, 
not very secure. So by installing Google Chrome Frame, users will be doubling the attack vector for their computers. So I mean, like somebody can take advantage of vulnerabilities inside IE, and then again they can also inside. attack the Chrome part of it. So you are doubling the attack vector, but then to that Google is applying that uh, with Google Chrome Frame. I mean, it is also bringing a lot of strong security features which IE otherwise lacks, like something like uh, phishing protection. If you look at IE6 or JavaScript rendering speeds, so I mean it's like the evenly matched uh, argument. The the other good thing is the Chrome Frame is an open source plugin. Okay, so anybody can go and uh, add on to it. But uh, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with that. And talking about Microsoft, let's talk another story about it. It is planning on suing malicious online advertisements. They are trying to you know crack down on a growing problem apparently for for microsoft has filed five lawsuits in the last week against parties it suspects of posting online advertisements laden with malicious code I guess we need a small primer on malvertising and how it works. I mean, uh, you see all these uh, websites on the on the net, and they have all these ads. Uh, I mean, an ad can obviously very simply be be placed by putting just an image inside the code, but that's not how ads work. I mean, uh, you need tracking on ads and things like that. So there are ad networks. So basically, all ad networks have got their code in place on any website, and then the ad is actually routed through the ad network to this particular spot on the page. So now there are certain rich ads, I mean, which actually allow execution of JavaScript inside ads. I mean, this is very useful for, uh, you know, innovative stuff like page takeovers or essentially something more than a simple GIF banner. So what these advertisers do is that they take advantage of these rich ads and then they, uh, via the, the JavaScript for the ad network, they actually inject their own JavaScript, which is actually malicious and then gets the user to download and uh, you know, install bad software. I mean, this this problem was uh, uh, highlighted when New York Times was hit by this. I mean, on their yeah. homepage, uh, basically a malicious advertisement just managed to get in there. Uh, he was telling people that you are infected with a virus and was asking them to click and redirecting them to uh, uh, to offer antivirus software. So, yeah, that happened. And after that, Microsoft is taking over and saying that you are these malicious malvertising, as you called it, is giving a bad rep to Microsoft. Given that the internet is dependent on advertising for revenue, I mean, I think uh, big deal. they need to do this to protect their whole uh, income source. And talking about the threats to Microsoft, Microsoft has officially launched an antivirus that we spoke about a couple of episodes back. Yeah, that is Microsoft Security Essentials, and that has been released online. And uh, as long as you have a genuine copy of XP or Vista or Windows 7, you can just go out there and download it. And they say it is uh, much lighter than the Symantec's and the McAfee's of the world. I mean, consumes less resources and then uses something like dynamic signatures. I don't know what exactly that means. But, uh, <laughs> that will, yeah. But sounds fancy, so right? Yeah, yeah, sounds very interesting, and they say it will also protect you even if your virus update, uh, uh, definitions are not fully updated. So it it has some heuristic capability, is what they say. Oh, so let's see how that works out. This is the second attempt. Is that correct? Uh, 
towards antivirus done by microsoft first one was no that is not the antivirus per se that is uh, windows live one care and all of that oh, one care uh, that is actually more of a and one care was completely it failed but then they do have windows bit defender which is more of an anti spyware application yeah um, targeted more towards malware than anything but this is actually clean antivirus so let's see if uh, microsoft can pull this one out because they really need a solid antivirus tool from their side and the the next update that we have is we have we spoke about the palm pre using itunes software a little while back in an argument but we have also spoken about it in couple of episodes so you got an update for us saket palm has officially given up on syncing the pre with itunes i mean uh, they there there had been a cat and mouse game on so every time uh, uh, apple blocked palm pre they came out with an update which somehow autumn uh, hacked uh, itunes again and had palm pre work with it so this happened like twice or thrice and i guess eventually palm got tired and they just gave up on it so with release of the is a 1.2 os they don't even try itunes syncing it's not supported now and uh, in fact they've tied up with amazon's uh, digital mp3 stores and uh, they allow uh, people to purchase uh, songs through the mobile network from amazon store instead so that's then throwing in the trouble and also wasn't there a story where palm pre went to the you know the usb association the the, the yeah. body the body that controls the usb the standard and complained about palm not allowing them to you know access the software yeah. and in fact that organization came back and slammed palm saying that no you can't do that because usb is assigned on a manufacturer basis each usb device has has this particular code or id which says that this is uh, an apple product and you can't do that so you are actually violating you usb for, laws you can't for, yeah yeah that's right you know so I, i guess that was like a rap on their uh, knuckles and i think they had to give up uh, beyond that point yeah i think so i think that is what led to this particular announcement but it happens they they gave it a shot they tried their best guys so you know at least give it to them the blackberry still continues to support itunes syncing and apple doesn't seem to be doing anything see i have i think they are they are paying some license fee or something like that I think something like that. Yeah. yeah, so Palm, come on man, don't be cheap, you know, you can shell out a few bucks, get that license, do it the official way probably. And uh, those were the topics that we had. We don't have any emails today, uh, but if Saket gave us a tip about Kutano website, yeah. which which tracks what people are saying on Twitter about your website. So go go check that website out. and while you are doing that go and check our website the new redesigned website at uh, www.theindicast.com and uh, you can follow me on twitter my username is ac mahatre and saket can be followed at uh, vulturo that's valturo for you yep and we saket we also launched the we released the 100th episode of indicast which uh, will you know gulpanag was on our show we did a video cast for the first time and uh, it went off well a pretty heavy file it is available on our website it is 59 minutes long go check it out you know download it and it's available here and there that's about it from my side until next week we promise we'll be back uh, on time bye bye uh, bye guys
ज गणेश लंबोदर सोहे भुजाचार एक नंद चंद्रमा ललाट राधे ब्रह्मा विष्णु महेश ताल दे